This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around. Snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. My guest today is Nancy Albright. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Nancy is a mom, a parent educator, coach, author, and TEDx speaker who has been offering families workshops and support since 2013. She is passionate about helping ease parents' frustration through creative ways and thought-provoking questions that create connected and loving relationships with their teens. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yes, (laughs) I know. I'm so happy that you're here. Listeners, Nancy and I go way, 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 way back. 2009. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. (laughs) How did we first meet? What was it? So I was searching, I think, like online or something about parenting because my daughter, Sadie, was six months old. Oh, my God. And yeah. (laughs) 2009. And I found your workshop. And I was like, this woman sounds amazing. I really want to be the best mom I can be because I lost my mom at 16. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I want to do it right. You know, I want to learn all the things. So I took your class, my now ex-husband and I Mm -hmm. took your class. Was it in a church? 
Was it a workshop? Yeah, it was. I remember it's like a group. It was in a church basement, right? I think so. In Monroe? Oh my gosh. I think so. <laughs> I'm having a flashback now. I remember a lot of wood. That was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. So now my baby Sadie is almost 14. Oh so, and it's thanks to you though. So I'm so grateful for you and how you share your message and shine that light. Well, I'm so thankful for you because 2009, I was only two years into my own journey of parenting and facilitating positive discipline. Yeah. <laughs> And I kind of cringe a little bit to imagine my facilitation way back in the early days. It was amazing. Thanks for hanging in there with me, Nancy. Thanks for that. It was amazing. Like when you don't know what you don't know, someone else who comes in with knowledge, it's just like, wow. Right. Good. Yay. Well, I'm glad that that was your experience. So we worked together. You know, we were both in the same town and would run into each other. I feel like you maybe jumped into other workshops of mine along the way, but Talk about your personal journey of then not only being a student of positive discipline, Mm -hmm. but really going for it and folding it into what you were doing in the world. Yeah. So like I said, I lost my mom when I was 16. And I know that's like a later age, but I wanted to be the best mom I could be because I didn't have mine. That was like my draw. So when I had Sadie and I took your course, I was like, how can I learn this so that I can teach other parents to be great parents, to understand how their kid is developing. And so I don't know if I told you this, I took a Jody, uh, oh my God, who is now in this incredible source. Mm -hmm. I took her parent educator course for three days over a weekend in downtown Seattle. She was my trainer too. Oh, okay. Maybe you like recommended her or something. I know it seems like a lifetime ago. (laughs) So I took her course and then I just started, you know, hosting workshops for parents. I started coaching parents with the littles because I had like, I feel like I've coached as I go with mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who's now a teenager, but it was just to help other parents really understand the frustrations of their little ones or their middle schoolers or their elementary schoolers, yeah. you know. And it allowed me to really live that message for my own daughter, right? Because when you're teaching it, you can't. Like you got to practice what you preach. <laughs> yes. So it really helped me do that. And I'm continuing to do that. Like I read the books just for me. You mm-hmm. know, your workshop was for me. Like I was like, I want to do it for me. But then I was hooked. So. Yeah. Well, and I love that going back to what you said about how facilitating teaching strengthens our own personal practice. I remember, well, I was the parent educator for a co-op preschool years ago as Rowan was moving into high school and things started getting really hard and messy. And I was in my like, oh my God. (laughs) And like showing up in front of these parents of toddlers and preschoolers and working really hard not to come across as like, you have no problems. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you even complaining about? The kid won't eat. They don't like anything that's not pasta or bread. Who cares? I've got real issues. (laughs) Oh, man. But keeping <laughs> totally. it together, you know, keeping it together. Yeah. And yeah, showing up for the parents that I work with now and loving that, you know, we'll focus on things like our personal self-regulation and self-care wow. and showing up with curiosity and then immediately getting off my calls, walking into the room and having an opportunity to mm. do exactly what we were just talking about with my own family. It's so 
powerful. And sometimes I'm sure that you have this too. Like, and sometimes I really mess up and I get to bring that. I think we get Mm -hmm. to bring that to the people we serve too. And I don't know about you, but, and I'm grateful to my family. I've said this a million times (laughs) that they let me share because I think there's something really attractive to working with someone who is willing to talk about, yeah, I got really controlling. I messed up. I yelled or I X, Y, Z, because ultimately it's a human experience, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I really believe that when we're vulnerable with our children, because we aren't perfect. Like, you know, I like to say that we've never, well, I've never parented this teen or this toddler or this whatever the age they are, this moment, this child. So it's brand new. Right. And so being vulnerable with your kids, I have found even with children like that I work with, it's they get vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and they feel that trust, right? The yeah. power of vulnerability. It's an opening. So it's so huge to be able to say, hey, I made a mistake. Look, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. Please forgive me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And holding space for parents mm-hmm. to share their own vulnerability around like, oof. this was a tough one, right? Being able to hold a space that feels safe for parents to be really honest about what's hard as well is such a, I love it. It's such a gift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you wrote a book. Yes. Yes. You wrote a book. You wrote a book. So talk yeah. about this book that you've created. What inspired you to write it? Tell us about the book. Yeah. So it's called My Teen and Me. And what inspired me to write it was, you know, as working with kids all of these years, you know, I want parents to be able to have really beautiful relationships with their kids. And so I felt that, you know, what you taught me, what I've learned from books, what I've learned from workshops, everything I've learned from different people on positive psychology, like all these years into 20 questions that parents can ask their kids to kind of be vulnerable and kind of diffuse some of these really tough topics. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I signed up for this book course, you know, and I was like, okay, I didn't know what I was going to write about. And I was like, okay, send me something that, you know, I can talk about that I'm really passionate about. And I was like, teens, you know, I talked to Sadie about it. Like what questions I talked to parents, I talked to different teenagers. So it's more like prompts Mm -hmm. that really helps parents. I feel like also look at their journey as teenagers. Yeah. Well, and I love the way that your book is laid out because it's like a workbook. It's so practical, you know, and while there are many books on my shelf that I have read some of slash most of slash a little (laughs) bit of, right? It's so nice to pick something up that is immediate practice. It's immediate practice, you know, and really focuses in on my favorite tool in the positive discipline toolbox, which is curiosity. Yeah. Right. I mean, your prompts, Mm -hmm. your 20 questions. So listeners, Nancy has really designed these questions to get below the surface of the iceberg, right? I talk a lot about the iceberg on the podcast and we talk about, you know, I say the top of the iceberg is like this blinking neon sign, like pay attention to me. And it's so hard to remember, like, that's not actually where to go. That's an indicator to go deeper and to find Mm -hmm. out what's 
happening with our kiddos, what dropping our assumptions and really finding out what's happening under the surface. And these prompts and these questions that you ask throughout the book are such powerful starting points for people because you're really supporting and scaffolding that tool of curiosity. I think when we look at the world through curiosity, so much becomes available to us. Like I said, dropping our assumptions and getting curious about how our kids feel. And it's such a relationship builder. So talk a little bit about the tool of curiosity for you and really your process of digging deep with these questions. Yeah. So I love that. I love that you asked this because I love curiosity because when you're curious, if you're really curious instead of, you know how we get, how moms we get like, well, did you blah, blah, blah. That's not curiosity. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> that is not curiosity, right? It's, it's all about the tone. I feel like curiosity also has to come with this loving tone, right? Right. So curiosity allows you to be really present and listen to your child. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know I do it. I nag. Sometimes I tell. I'm like, do you remember this? Like, that's not curiosity. And we know this through positive discipline is, well, can you tell me more about that? That's right? my favorite. Yes. I know. Like, and it opens a conversation. And if they don't want to talk, that's fine. Well, you can, I would love to talk about it later. Right. But curiosity, even not just in a relationship with teenagers, but your partner with friends, like mm -hmm. you come from a place of, almost love instead of like wanting to change something or a situation. It just gives you that present moment to learn more about your child, yeah. to see what you said, the iceberg, what's going on underneath, you know? Right. And even if they're not ready, they know that you asked that. So at some point they're going to be like, well, my mom asked this, like, let me think about talking to her or him or her, your yeah. dad, you know, whoever your caretaker is. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt 
in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. I love that it's so, we don't realize that we have an agenda all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we are just like, I ask questions and they don't want to talk to me. It's like, well, yeah. it's deeper. And I like that you said bringing that love and listening. I also think about like bringing our authentic self, being mm-hmm. willing to say, I don't understand or I'm scared or, yeah. you know, help me see what your experience is. And really going after it as a way of building relationship. Yes. Also, I think we have this really unique opportunity to help our kids connect the dots, right? Because they might be engaging in behavior that we don't love or that, you know, the tip of the iceberg is like, alert, alert. And we get to ask questions that ultimately we hope over time become questions that they're asking themselves. Like, how could the fallout of this be? And am I okay with that? Right? Or what are the risks here? Or how do I feel? Or what is getting in my way? Right? And I love that when we parents, and it is work, it's not just, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'll speak, I think for both of us, right? You know, like you already said, it's tone, but it's also like really getting clear on our why. Like, why am I asking this question? Mm -hmm. What am I hoping for here? And if I'm hoping that they get to my way of thinking, then it's like, okay, 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 let's start again. Because that's ultimately a leading question and they can sniff us out. And I know Sadie's nearly 14. Yeah. Oh, she calls me out all the time. And as she gets older, it gets even (laughs) harder because they are like, listen, I've got your number. And not just like, I've got your number, but like, I know who you are. Yeah. And it's obvious when you're looking for an answer. You know, it's obvious when you are looking, you know, and I say that to my son, especially because I think we have a dynamic where I have to be like, listen, this isn't about what I want to hear. This Mm -hmm. is really about exploring what's going on for you. Like I have to be explicit around that yeah. to give him permission to let go of his mama pleasing tendency, which whatever we can, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Yeah, So there is that work too. And really pulling back our own layers, right. Of 
our fear and our worries. Your book is organized by different topics, right? So talk about how you chose where to get curious with our kids in your book. I have my book here. So for each chapter or each topic, right? I chose topics that were really near and dear to my heart, like losing someone you love or Mm -hmm. like eating disorders, which is something that I dealt with for a really long time. What it does is it asks the question and then it gives you kind of a prompt, but then I kind of share something like to think about, Mm -hmm. like with your child. So getting curious, you know, for example, like getting your help and support, right? It's like, do you need me to listen? Do you need suggestions or do you need my help? And then I go into this question gives us superpowers, right? Because you're not just assuming they need help. You know, sometimes my daughter's like, I'm like, oh, let me help you with your homework or whatever. You know, I'm just assuming she's like, mom, I got it. She's like, you don't, you're not even that great at math. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. Yeah. (laughs) Let me humble you. (laughs) I know. You know, she's like, I got it. I can figure it out. So I kind of give after asking the question, it's not just the question, but it's kind of giving you a guide as to why this question is so important. And then giving you a writing prompt like this one, it's how would you feel if your partner or your teen or your friends asked you this question, Mm -hmm. right? When they saw you struggling, instead of jumping in to help you, what would you appreciate? Hey, do you need my help? Do you just want me to listen? Do you need my support? Right. And you're like, oh, okay. And my partner's done that with me, you know, and I've done that with Sadie. Not always, you know, I'm a mom and I still try to jump in and rescue because that's what we do, but it's really helpful. And so the whole book is laid out. It has 20 different topics, you know, two questions to a topic. And then I go into explaining why it's important or what you can do. Mm -hmm. I give you resources, you know, like you're one of the resources, you know, all these people who can go to someone else for help, because this isn't like your answers to every question you've ever had, right? Right. It's just this, like, it's a catalyst to starting to ask those questions, those hard questions too. Well, and what it really highlights is how powerful it becomes when we can explore and tease apart curiosity and language before we show up in front of our kids, right? Because I think there's a tendency, you know, I feel it. I'm getting ever better in my practice at pausing. (laughs) Hold on. Is this the time? Right? Pausing and really thinking through what I want to say and what I want to understand better and what my internal experience and my emotional experience is of, you know, the topic or the conversation so that we can show up in a really regulated way. And I love that you include the superpower question because I talk about that on the pod too. And with my clients and Rowan has been my guide in this. Like, do you need me to listen? Do you want my opinion? Do you want to problem solve? What do you need right now? And sometimes I get like big eye rolls, you know, and that's fine. I get to do my own work of not being like, what? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to know how you need me to help just you. Just trying to help. God. <laughs> I get to check myself, but it is really useful and so deeply respectful too, I think, for our teens to get to become clearer on what it is that they need from us, right? Yeah. What is it that they yeah. need from us? So I love that question. I think it's so 
so powerful. And sometimes I will say, well, let me tell you what I think. And then I'll pause and say, oh, sorry, hold up. What do you yeah. need? So listeners, like if you're thinking like, oh God, I always jump in with suggestions like, it's okay. Just go back and pause and be aware and grow in your awareness and, you know, ask them what it is that they need. And if you just can't stand it and you have to let your feelings out, grab a piece of paper, grab Nancy's book, (laughs) write it out, you know, because sometimes there is that need to release. That's your need versus your teen's need, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to just say something like really encouraging parents because, you know, habits, it take like, what is it? 24 to 64 days to break, right? So if you're in the habit of constantly jumping in, right? It's just bring that presentness into that moment and just be aware that you're doing mm-hmm. that. I think mm-hmm. for parents who like, ah, or that you react, you know, you're yeah. instead of responding, you're reacting. It's like, you don't have to have it all figured out right now. You can just be like, okay, I'm aware that I'm doing this and bring that again, present moment to how you're reacting to your child and just make it a daily practice. And before you know it, you're going to be like, okay, pause. You know, and then you're not going to be perfect always. I mean, we no. get triggered. Our kids trigger us. It only takes 68 days, everyone, to stop being a total fixer of your children. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Well, maybe not. <laughs> you know, I think if we can be in acceptance of this is a lifelong journey. And as soon as you feel like, oh, I've got this, there'll be something new, a new person, mm-hmm. a new developmental yeah. stage, a new challenge relationally that will invite you into even deeper practice of that. I have a good friend who said, you know, I wish it was linear, but it's not. It's Mm -hmm. like a spiral, right? And we keep bumping up against when we start to become aware and really dive into the work. It's like, okay, I've got this now. I've learned that thing. And then we move around the spiral and it's like, oh, here's that thing in a different package, Mm-hmm. in a different light, but again, inviting me into, and for me, it's always like inviting me into surrender, inviting me into letting go, inviting me into recognizing that while I have great ideas, everybody else seems to as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they get to decide, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that life lesson kills me. But yeah. what kind of advice do you have for the parents that you work with who are in a dynamic with their kids that when they, you know, work through Mm -hmm. the curiosity and work through the prompts and then approach their kids, they're met with, you know, irritation or withdrawal or a shutout. How do you support parents in navigating that? So I'm just going to read some thoughts that I have here. So again, going back to like, as parents, like really tapping into yourself and showing yourself that compassion and that grace and that love that you've never parented. You might have parented other teenage kids, but not this one, right? They're Mm -hmm. all different. And although I only have one, each one's different. And so it's giving yourself, you know, that grace, first of all. And then I think with the positive discipline, what I love about it is, you know what, I love you and I'm here when you want to talk and don't give up. Like, keep saying it to your kid because eventually they're going to know and they're going to realize, you know what, my mom, my dad, my caretaker really does love me. I'm going to open up to them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just about the daily practices that we do with our kids. Like, you know, with Sadie, I'm like, is there anything you need help with today? Mm-hmm. Or is there any way I can support you? You mm-hmm. know, she's like, no, but just knowing that 
I can be there for her, I think is like, okay. And sometimes she does. She's like, mom, like, I want to talk about this friend who's being whatever, you know? So compassion, you know, I love you and I'm here if you want to talk and then just be present. There's nothing you can do. You can't force them to eat, to talk, to poop. Like, <laughs> I remember that's what something when Sadie was little. I was like, I have no control of these things. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you still don't. And so yeah. it's just allowing that space for your kids over and over and over and over mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah, I appreciate that. And when it's coming up for me as I listen too, as we get hooked into how things should look. We get hooked into specific timelines. I know, again, Rowan, my teacher, you know, when we would have a blowout and Mm -hmm. I was ready to make things right and she wasn't, I remember how hard that was for me. What I know now looking back, you know, and we use that language like, hey, I want to make things right. And she would look at me and say, well, I'm not ready. And I remember feeling like you are weaponizing this tool. Like now looking back, the hurt that she was feeling was lingering, right? Mm, Yeah. And that was an iceberg place. That was a place to get curious around what is going on for her that it's so hard for her to let this go. Where can I be better? In the moment, when I think back to that time, like middle school, early high school years, it was just irritating to me. It was Mm -hmm. like, why are you hanging on to this? You know, and then it became like a power struggle around making amends, which is so messy, right? Whatever, that was a missed opportunity. We figured it out. We're great now. But, you know, I think that it's so nuanced, right? And I love that the first thing you said for this was grace for ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to sit in the outward looking towards what's wrong with my kids that they don't want to be in conversation, right? And to hold our kids a certain way. 
versus, okay, what's going on with me, right? Yeah. Where is possibly there's something for me to clean up or own or take responsibility of? Because again, it's a dynamic, it's a relational dynamic. And one, it's developmentally appropriate for our kids to yeah. pull away when they're teenagers. So mm-hmm. there's that. There's also, you know, the fact that, again, our kids have our number, meaning they've been dealing with us since day one. So if the space, even as we say, I'm here for you, I'm ready to talk when you are. And if the space has been a place for me to actually let my kid know why they're wrong or you know, critical or judgmental, then of course their self-preservation is going to say, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. I know what this is about, right? And so that self-compassion around, okay. And that's funny because I can see this in my relationship with my husband too. I'm like, tell me how you feel. And then I'm like, that's stupid, you know? (laughs) Not literally, but kind of. Yeah. It's like, come into this space and let me like throw daggers at you, basically. So (laughs) recognizing that, owning that, and doing the cleanup over and over and over again to really create a safe space. Right. And I'm wondering for you, because then you've mentioned eating disorder is a part of your history. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, when you think about safe spaces for our kids, the safe space that you needed. This is kind of off the cuff, Nancy. I hope that's okay. Yeah, please. But I'm wondering for you, what did you need as you, you know, in your experience of being a teen and being a young adult who struggled in that way, what did you need around safety? You know, I didn't have anyone at all. And that was another reason I wrote this book, you know, because Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't remember everything. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure there was people there that were like, hey, you want to talk or whatever. But there was never one person that stood out that even took the time to tell me that bulimia would damage my body, Mm. right? Or that there was other ways to cope with my grief, Mm. right? There was nobody there to explain that to me. Had even one, I mean, my brother was a drug addict, like he was getting into drugs. So I'm trying to manage him. My dad's working nights. Like, I felt like so alone. And if it just one person had said, hey, just one conversation here, let me tell you what I know about your mom dying or like this thing you're doing that is, you know, going to damage you later on or things like that. Just holding that space for me would have just been so comforting. Mm -hmm. You know, instead I had people, you know, from church and it's a whole other story, but like judging me and you know, be racial profile, you know, all of these things, instead of just all I needed was just somebody to know somebody really cared about me, Yeah, you know, and that would have made a difference. Seeing you and your struggle. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's going to be okay. Time will heal. No, it wasn't freaking okay. Yeah. And yeah, time will heal. But when you're 16 and you just lost your mother, like, you know, and there's no one else, your dad's like going through his own stuff. And I kind of talk about that in the book a little bit about like my story around that, but Mm -hmm. just let them know you care. Like I am here for you. Like if I don't know the answer, let's figure it out together. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in such an age where like that was the nineties, like internet was not a thing. Right. You know, and even if there is, it's like, 
Google is not a partner that can't comfort us, right? Right. right. You're going based on others' opinions. Just one person that says, I really care about you. Let's kind of figure this out together. I will help you. You know? Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, and even like, I see you struggling and I love you. Yeah. Even that opens a door. Even Mm -hmm. that opens a door. And I'm thinking again about these kids that kind of shut us out and the dynamic that some of the parents that I work with are in. Like, how do I get them to even, you know, be willing? And I think like to listeners listening to Nancy's story and, you know, to what we talk about here on the pod, like even just the babyest step can just be like, I see that you're struggling and I love you. Yeah. Right. And then pause and just be with that mm-hmm. and let go of this idea that, okay, if I say that, then they'll be like, thanks, mom, and pour it all out. That's not yeah. necessarily the unfolding, but it is working on supporting a belief for our kiddos like you needed, like you matter, yeah. right? Yeah. You matter yeah. to somebody yeah. and how that would have changed or influenced perhaps the outcome for you mm-hmm. and how you were coping with that grief. Yeah. Mm. This is yeah. deep stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. It's deep stuff. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. What else do you want to make sure that you leave listeners with today, Nancy, as we wrap up? What are your hopes for this book? My hopes is that, again, you know, like I said, first of all, parents give themselves love and compassion. You know, we are so hard on ourselves. It's like that baby pops out and they have a little bag of guilt and they're like, here you go. You know, and they hand it off, I like to say, you know, and then forevermore, we're always feeling guilty for something. We're not doing something good enough. We're comparing ourselves to other parents. Like, give yourself love, compassion, and grace. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out, you know? And I think Dr. Siegel says in his book, it's like, just be present with your kid. Like, when you bring presence to right now, to this moment, there's no room for judgments. There's no room for anger. There's no room for other things. Just curiosity and presence. If that's all you're going to remember from this podcast, like for your kid, yeah, that is going to make a world of difference. Yeah. Okay. I want to go on another little ride with you. Like, I love <laughs> that. Even as I listen to you say that, I want to make sure to point out, like if you are sitting across from your kiddo and you're like, okay, I'm present, I'm Mm -hmm. in the room and you're still spinning out in fear, you're not present. Mm -mm. Like really get to the nitty gritty, like presence is, okay, I recognize that fear's in the room, but I'm not going to let it drive the ship. I'm really going to be here for my kiddo, bringing it back. I'm really going to stay curious leaving my fear, my assumption, you know, my opinion over there in the corner of the room. It can be, I I see you, you're here. And I'm going to really be inside of the relation that's happening, the relating that's going on between my child and I. So that's really powerful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Power of now, Eckhart Tolle. Oh my God. Power of now. <laughs> Do you know that I got to hang out with him in Maui last fall? Well, I didn't really hang. I mean, me and like 600 other people. It was very intimate. That's hanging out. <laughs> That's hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took that thread and ran with it because I yeah. think that there's a lot of talk about being present. And, you know, it's just like when they were little, 
and we encourage parents to create special time. And I remember all the stay-at-home moms in the room were like, fuck, special time? I'm home all day long with these kids. And it's like, well, yes. And how many minutes are you really dropped in Mm -hmm. and on the level and letting the space be really about the kiddo? And so yeah. You know, it's thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know yeah. you know that too. Yeah. But just for the listeners, right? Presence means I'm thinking of a couple of clients of mine. When the kids get into mischief and we've got our own baggage, whether it's, you know, a mental health situation or a substance use situation or, you know, mm-hmm. their sexual development, whatever, when we come at it and we have our own baggage, I love it when parents are like, oh. I know why it's so hard for me to be present with this because I have my own trauma around that. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you can recognize that and then you go find a therapist to support you in moving through it so that again, you can come back and offer that presence for your child because your story is not your child's story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo, that's a little <laughs> side road that we went down. <laughs> oh, Nancy, this yeah. is so great. So my final question, what does joyful courage mean to you? So, you know, courage doesn't mean that you have everything figured out. It doesn't mean that you're not afraid, right? I think it's bringing those joyful moments when things are scary, like looking at those little pockets of joy, you know, and being courageous and moving forward. Mm. You know, that's what joyful courage means to me. Yeah. Where can people find you and grab your book? So my book's on Amazon. Yay. (laughs) It's been released. Yeah, it's been released uh, about a month ago. Okay. You can find my website. It's aoa.wtf. Yes, that is a handle. (laughs) AOA. AOA stands for Art of Attraction. So aoa.wtf. And I have other things. I do teens. I do health. I work with, you know, personal development and Mm -hmm. all of these different, different things. But you can find, you know, if you sign up for my website, you kind of get a a little gift. There's a parenting and, uh, you know, whatever questions you have, you know, whatever support I can give you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me, Nancy. It's so good to see you. I know. I know. We live on opposites now. I know. Opposite corners. Well, thank you for being here. Listeners, check the show notes for links on the things that Nancy shared, you know, resources that were mentioned. And uh, yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.